Hello, it's your host, Kat Walsh, and you're listening to another episode of Trip On This. This podcast is for mature audiences and is not suitable for young children. Trip On This is intended for entertainment purposes only, and we do not condone the use of illegal substances. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Trip On This. I had such a wonderful time speaking to my next guest, Shantae Little. Shantae is a medicine woman. She works with herbs and flowers and different plants. She's a psilocybin advocate. She is growing her own and discusses all of her trials and tribulations and what her process of growing mushrooms is like on this episode. We also just talk about her journey with herbs, how she's used them, for, as a healing modality, how that led to psychedelics, how she combines the two things to create incredible healing ceremonies and concoctions for whatever it is that she's intending. For me personally, I thought this episode was so incredibly interesting and I learned so much personally. I don't know about you guys once you listen to this, but I know I'm going to be growing mushrooms ASAP. It was so helpful to hear her and to actually just bring it down to a place where it didn't sound so daunting and to just go like, okay, I'm going to do my best with something like this and it's okay. And by the way, just a little quick disclaimer, you are able to grow psilocybin mushrooms. Of course, that is for research only, but you are able to grow spores. There are grow kits and she talks a lot about it in this. We don't get too sciencey, but just enough where I'm like, all right, I think I'm ready. A few things before the episode begins. If you're not following me on socials, please do so at trip on this underscore pod. Again, that's at trip on this underscore pod for Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and backslash trip on this pod for Facebook. If you are enjoying this episode and you want to help support me, please send it out to your friends and family, rate this podcast, share it, subscribe, all the things. It is all incredibly helpful for me to get the word out, helps with searchability, and everyone can join this magical ride with us. Without further ado, please enjoy this next episode with Shantae. Shantae, welcome to Trip on This. So excited to be here. Thank you so much. Of course. So you are a medicine woman, a psilocybin advocate. You are a grower of plants and herbs and flowers someone who is truly harnessing the power of Mother Earth. First of all, can I just say like how envious I am that you get to spend so much time in nature? Immensely grateful for it. And I, the pandemic really made me understand just how fortunate I was. So yes, all that space. Yeah, because I live in LA and look, there ain't a lot of space. I'm in an apartment building. It was definitely an interesting moment to be locked down, as you can imagine, and just having a beautiful garden like you have. Let's get into it. Let's before we get into even the psychedelics because I've followed now some of your journey. Um let's talk about first your relationship with growing herbs and plants and working with flowers as a healing modality. Can you talk to us about what kind of pulled you into wanting to go that route and how has it been effective for you? Yeah, um I mean, it honestly started so long ago, I always laugh and jokingly describe myself as that like really weird only child. I was an only child for 11 years before my sisters were born. So, um, That's a lot I of life before, before siblings. 
yeah, a whole entire life. And then, you know, a couple young ones. So, well, I grew up in New Hampshire. Um, my grandparents had a lot of land and I spent all my time outside. It was in a really, really small town, not a lot going on. So I was just constantly out in the backyard. My grandmother had a garden. I'd be like off walking throughout the woods and just being completely immersed out there. And I started getting into a lot of like metaphysical things when I was a preteen, maybe like 12, 13, started getting interested in learning about like palm reading and tarot and other forms of divination. And then kind of constantly being drawn to nature and this idea of like flower essences and essential oil. And I didn't understand it when I was younger. It was just cool. And I liked reading about it, but it has been the one constant throughout my entire life. So as I got older, I just continued kind of nurturing that interest, reading as much as I could, learning, watching videos, trying to just get as much of my own experience as possible because I was so fascinated with this idea of magic. Yeah. And yeah, that was kind of the foundation for a lot of my like forays into the spiritual world and into the idea of healing and whatnot. And as I've, you know, gotten older and kind of come out into my own and living by myself and being able to really just be my own person and not worry about anyone's opinions or whether or not this fits into a plan or anything like that. I have just kind of taken it and run with it, learned how to grow some of my own healing herbs and started kind of experimenting with medicines on myself. Anytime I was sick, I was an athlete for a really long time. So incorporating that into my healing and recovery, letting, you know, friends try out different baths and use this for inflammation. And you can use this for your muscle soreness. And yeah, just like testing things out and doing everything by experimentation. Wow. And have you found that that has been effective? I mean, I'm somebody who definitely leans into like the spiritual path as well. And I've definitely found some you know, a lot of relief with like just certain foods and herbs. Are you finding that? Are your friends finding that when you are, I'm sure it's it's a combination of believing and knowing that it's going to work and also the true inflammatory, you know, or whatever it is that you're healing components or that's not the right word, but properties. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Everything I do, I try on myself first. I feel like I'm pretty brave in that sense. Like, I'll try anything. I'll give it a shot. I'm really kind of averse to traditional medicine and I don't like going to the doctors and all that stuff. So I'm like, if I can heal it myself, let me do that. If not, okay, I'll, you know, I'll go to a specialist. But I think for me, even though I'm deeply spiritual, I do have very much of that like science brain. I want to see the evidence of things. I want to see the proof. And yeah. so by experimenting on myself and also, you know, there's a ton of research out there around a lot of, you know, healing medicines that are coming from plants and herbs and whatnot. I definitely have been able to see kind of the influence, whether it's through treating like a physical ailment or if it's, you know, something that's related to like anxiety or sleep issues and finding comfort through something like valerian root. I've mm. definitely seen it for myself you know, I think all of my girlfriends are interested or open to the idea of plant medicines in their various forms. So 
you know, I'm surrounded by people who have also kind of had the benefits of yeah. these substances. Yeah. And, and, you know, a lot of the medicines, like the Western medicines are just derived from actual plants and things like in the Amazon, there's so many. And I had a guest on who was, she had spent seven years in the Amazon with indigenous tribes. And they were just saying like, one of the biggest disservices right now with what's happening with the deforestation is there's so many plants and things that they are obviously like killing off to create room for palm oil or oil or palms, you know, whatever. And they're like, there's so much medicine that like cures, straight up cures that we could be just not unwittingly just getting rid of because of the destruction that we're doing. Yeah, it's insane. Some of my professional work is in the climate space. So I'm thinking about this a lot. And um, even just thinking about how some of that deforestation and destruction impacts the ecosystem at large, like the butterfly effect is very real. And these consequences are going to be seen across all industries for a very long time. And it's, it's really unfortunate. So let's, uh, okay, so we've got herbs. Let's now start getting into the fungi world. I know you're a psilocybin advocate. Before you even jumped into psychedelics, what what called you to wanting to discover them, try them? Yeah, I think it ties back to the same idea of being, you know, fascinated with magic and the idea that there is so much more than meets the eye that there's so much more that we don't know about or we're not aware of or that we're not connected to and so I've always been very open to experimenting and I've always had this kind of hesitancy towards like chemicals and things of that nature and so I was never someone that was into you know like trying acid or I can't even like Molly or yeah, I'm like, what are the other ones? I don't know. (laughs) So I never had that interest because I was kind of like, if it's created in a lab, if you've made it using, I don't know what type of ingredients, like that doesn't really vibe with me. So I was always kind of like just interested in psychedelics in terms of psilocybin mushrooms. And yeah, what called me? It was, it was very serendipitous. I started just coming across more and more information about psychedelic mushrooms and mostly through the spiritual lens, this idea of experiencing an ego death and obtaining higher consciousness and understanding the collective and, you know, being able to kind of go through different spiritual planes and realms and all of that. And that was always really cool to me. I'm very into lucid dreaming and astral projection and things of that nature. And it's like, it seems so similar and they really are. So it was kind of an easy jump for me to be like, wow, that sounds like something that I would like to experience. But then the therapeutic benefits started to catch my eye and I started to become more familiar with how these substances have been used to treat anxiety and depression and PTSD and addiction. And I suffered from complex PTSD and have spent the last couple of years working with a really awesome therapist who's been incredibly patient with me while I tell her that, you know, I don't want to take an SSRI. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to go that route. Let me see 
if there's something in my cabinet that I can use that will help me. And so I kind of, I went through the list. I went through the passion flowers and the lemon bombs and I used valerian and I was, you know, looking at vervain and all of these other, these other plants and was getting relief, but there was still this, not necessarily a block, but really just kind of like this wall that I had up that I couldn't quite get through. So I could treat a short-term symptom and I could provide myself with like quick relief if I was feeling very panicky or was having an anxious day, but it was always coming back. And so started looking into psilocybin more as a potential treatment for this. I did end up going on an SSRI and I was like, fuck, like, I don't want to be on Prozac forever. I've heard of people who've been on it for 10, 20 years. That's crazy to me. The whole point is to get better, right? To get to a point where you don't need it. And I was just like, I can't, like, I can't do that. This cannot be the rest of my life just dependent on this. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but for me in particular, I wanted to see if I could find another way. So I decided that I was going to try mushrooms. It couldn't hurt. I've tried everything else. Uh, People are talking about it's helped them with these symptoms. And I was like, all right, let's do it. Let's see if I can find some. And I couldn't find them anywhere. Could not get a plug. (laughs) So I'm like, come on, there's, you know, there's got to be someone. I had one friend who actually was able to get me spores. And he was like, I don't know what you can do with this, but like, I don't have mushrooms, but I have these spores. And I was like, okay, put them in the fridge. Still couldn't find anyone. I'm really into foraging. So I go get a lot of my herbs outside where I live. And I was like, maybe I can find some, probably not. And And also like, there's a zillion type of mushrooms out there. You're going to be like, is this the one? (laughs) Yeah. Probably not a good idea if you have no idea. (laughs) Like, if this is for me, like, it'll happen, you know, whatever. But I kind of, like, opened myself up and was like, all right, I will take this step, like, how? And, yeah, so I spent a couple months just, like, trying to see if I can get my hands on some. And then because I have a garden and I'm really great at growing things, I was like, maybe I should just see if I can grow them. Like, how hard can it be? I can't find them anywhere to buy. Definitely tried all the websites that make you think that you're going to be able to order them until you get to checkout. And it's like, just kidding. This is only for people in the Netherlands. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I just, I looked up the process and was kind of like, well, what do you need? Is it super involved? And then I got myself a kit and started growing them so that I could try them to heal myself. And uh, there's so much. Okay, let me let me beautiful. And I love the I love the I love the journey that you've taken also through like being called to the magical side of things and what you're hearing from from the spiritual side of the mushroom trip and then also the healing side because yeah, I mean for what it's worth, I think that spirit the spiritual magical side was also first on my radar as well because there wasn't nearly as much information around the 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 research that's coming out around depression and things like that's that's more relatively new at least uh, from my perspective and from what I'm seeing that like that's the emphasis now but before it was about transcending right our our states and our consciousness and and it's beautiful for that you know I think there's a lot of people 
I know a lot of people that kind of go in not feeling very connected to anything and feeling very separate from everything to suddenly realizing that connectivity that kind of binds us all, that, that we're all very much connected. And then going into the fact that it was calling to your skill. The fact that like spores randomly, again, there's no accidents ever with this kind of stuff, right? You are, you have the ultimate green thumb. So to then start to put your own essence into it and your own, like you working with the spirit of that mushroom to grow it. How are some of the ways that the mushroom has helped you heal or break through and did it? I, I realized, okay, I, you, I realized you didn't actually even say if it did. So did you find relief from the mushrooms? Oh my God, yes. In so many different ways. And I think that's a testament to this connectivity that mushrooms reveal to us. Because I guess I'll preface this by saying that there is such a specific and direct link between things that we experience on a spiritual and um, emotional realm and things that can manifest in the body as like a physical illness or a mental health illness. There's such a relationship. It's very clear. People have talked about all the ways in which, you know, stored emotion or trauma can show up in different forms in the body. And the healing that I've experienced with mushrooms has truly been multifaceted. I would say because when I started my own kind of regimen, I was experimenting with different macro doses, just kind of like, let me see what 1.5 grams feels like for me. So I know how it affects my body, like what is coming up? What are some of the, not like symptoms, but what are some of the experiences that kind of come at that dosage? And yeah. then 2.5 and then an eighth and then five grams and so on. And my first like hero dose was five grams. And I had a very spiritual experience. It is still kind of like otherworldly to me, but also incredibly real because I know that it's what I experienced and I saw the things that I saw. And I think what you were talking about for people who don't feel connected to something that they're not anchored, whether it's to source or to the divine or higher power or whatever. I truly think that's the first step. And for me to have that connection reinforced, it was like, okay, you're not crazy. Like you're on the right path. You know what you're doing. All of these things that you think are real are real and they do have some type of effect on you. And after the hero dose, I started microdosing regularly mm -hmm. and I didn't notice anything day to day or even like week to week, but I would track kind of my daily symptoms in terms of like, how was my stress response today? How was like, how did I sleep? What were my energy patterns like? Um, am I like bloated? Do I have headaches? Just like any and everything. Have I been able to focus or was I very calm? And as I did that month to month, I could see huge shifts in the trends of, you know, how was my emotional response overall for the month? Like, oh, I was much less reactive. Wow. than I usually am. Oh, I was sleeping much better. I had 
higher levels of productivity at work, being able to focus better. And those weren't even the things that I was looking for. I was kind of looking for, oh, some deep emotional healing so that I could kind of begin to combat this CPTSD. And what happened was because of those small shifts to like daily behaviors and actions, that allowed me to start incorporating or not just incorporating, but it allowed me to create better habits. I noticed that like I was not having as hard of a time getting out and like being outside every single day. It was like all of a sudden it was just like, oh, this is the thing that you do because it feels good for you. And like, we're just going to do it. Whereas I have really struggled with motivation around like working out because of my history as an athlete and, you know, with a history of like an eating disorder tied to that athletics, it's hard for me to like maintain proper nutrition and all of these things. But because of these small shifts, it was just all of a sudden it was just easier. Like I didn't have to force myself to nourish my body or to get outside or to stick to, you know, wanting to read every day or spend more time writing or whatever. It was just like my body started to naturally open up to doing these things that felt really good for me. Yeah. You're just in flow. Just a complete yeah. flow of what you were and it was, doing. It's so crazy because again, like I wasn't looking for those specific outcomes, Yeah, but those were the things that allowed me to start tackling some of my other goals that I had. It it really laid like the groundwork for that. Wow. I just want the whole world to hear what you just said. (laughs) Just from a, just from hearing like the journey and the surprises and the inquisitive nature that you have around it and healing yourself and your dedication to healing yourself and to journal every day and to pay attention to yourself because I think that's the thing that like is also part of the requirement of real healing around psychedelics is being incredibly self-aware and unlike an SSRI where there's not an emphasis on healing. It's like you have something and then nobody's telling you to to make different choices and changes. And, you know, I've said on a different episode, like microdosing for me, even that is not, um, had to be intentional because actually microdosing without intentional work behind it kind of was just, I was a little emotional at certain times and like ungrounded and like I needed to actually do work to ground myself. It wasn't just like a slap on an S or like slap on a, a microdose and suddenly I'm feeling great. Like, yeah, okay. Some of the days it was like that, but, uh, but again, like it needed to come from a place of intention and the work. And I also love what you were just saying about, you know, I've, I I've had, I have a very spiritual life too. And believe in all of the, I've had so many incredible, just what would be like very, I don't know, supernatural to people like experiences. And it really did, uh, my psychedelic experience really did just yeah like kind of like you're saying like oh yeah this is uh this is very much realer than than you thought I guess and you know look people are not they're not gonna have that that experience but I'm like but I have that experience without a psychedelic and so what I feel like what happens on a psychedelic is that veil is just kind of lowered and it just it's almost just easier to get to a state where you're like 
feeling that level of unity and oneness and connection to a greater source. Yeah. Like you're saying. It kind of like it provides so much confirmation and also yeah. affirmation because I think, well, I guess in my experience, like I believe the things that I believe, but there's I think there's always been a part of me that's like, what even is having faith in something? Yeah. Like is it even attached to anything or is this, I just believe this and it exists in a vacuum. And so the experience through psychedelics was like, oh shit, like this is really real. Like whatever it is that you believe is real and you are absolutely connected to, again, a higher power, the divine, the universe, whatever, the idea of all of us being connected like psychedelics was in my head all of a sudden it just became like oh there's no argument like this is fact I just have this sense of knowing that I didn't have before yeah yeah I I, I feel the exact same way and it's brought that knowing and connectedness has brought such a richness to my life and the yeah. times where I'm like fearful and I'm still just going through all the egoic fears and things I just kind of like sink back into my heart and remember like even through now through like meditative states like just remembering like how held I am and that everything's okay and just feeling like yeah again like you're saying like very connected to like the the one mind like to all of us that we that and even the idea of like when you hurt others that you hurt yourself and uh, yeah. it's just such a, this is why I feel like psychedelics have such potential. And I'm not going to say again, like not a panacea, but such potential for others to have breakthroughs if they feel called. If you're not someone who feels called to shaking things up, of course, then it probably isn't for you because it will. <laughs> like, in case you didn't, if you're, if you're not wanting to do this, it might be an interesting experience for you to just be forced into a psychedelic experience. But no one, of course, will ever do that to you guys. So don't you worry, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> so I know you are working with other visionary plants as well. Can you talk to us about what you're using over there in your magical garden? Yes, I can. So I am particularly drawn to flowers. And again, this came from kind of like my long history of just learning about, you know, the magical properties of certain plants and herbs, and then also the medicinal properties. And you'll actually find that many of them overlap in really kind of interesting ways, which I'll get into. But my, I have like probably a core list that I'm always you know pulling from and I would say my like favorites to work with would be rose passion flower really enjoy hibiscus damiana blue lotus and like poppy and kava those are and lavender which I feel like is a staple but those are the ones that I kind of spend the most time with and I'm constantly using them at as either like a base to a medicine or a treatment or something complementary, And yeah, I try to grow everything that I can. If I can't, I'll forage it locally or try to find like a really trusted earth keeper that I can source from just to contribute to, you know, sustainability, but also really honoring the spirit of the plant. Yeah. And what are, so are I, I know from our, 
our discussion, a couple of those flowers are actually visionary plants, right? Or visionary flowers, I'm sorry. Can you yes. tell us about, just pick a couple that you, that you like, that are visionary, what you feel on it? Yes. So I guess I'll speak to the Damiana, the Blue Lotus, and the Kava. I might throw in another one. Okay. So visionary herbs help to promote your like your third sight. So being able to really open the third eye, help you kind of tap into your intuition, open up those channels so that you're more receptive to communications from a different plane or just different energies, heightening that awareness. They are very useful in lucid dreaming for people who want to really sink into that state. Amazing compliments to meditation and yeah, anything that's kind of tied to this idea of like psychic sight. Yeah, psychic. Yeah, I was gonna say tapping in. Yeah, yeah. psychic sight. I love so, that. So I, um, those are a couple of my favorites. Damiana and Blue Lotus and Kava actually are all also considered aphrodisiacs and mm -hmm. help with like sensitivity and blood flow to the erogenous zones mm -hmm. and all of that stuff. So that's kind of an added bonus. Um, but I love combining them. I choose to either use like a tincture or a tea when I'm consuming psilocybin. Mm -hmm. And so being able to blend those herbs together really helps to kind of amplify all of their properties. Mm -hmm. They are incredibly relaxing, very soothing. They help to, again, help you sink into or like more easily get into that deep meditative state, helping you to surrender to a psychedelic experience. Yeah, I love them. Where, They're my where, where do people, where can people get them? Are they legal? Yeah, so they are all legal. I had heard, I had heard talk of Damiana maybe potentially getting some stickiness and Kava, depending on where you are, can be hard to come by, but my like, favorite recommendation for anyone looking for medicinal um, herbs and plant medicines is Anima Mundi Herbals. Okay. The woman who is the founder is a curandera and a medicine woman from Costa Rica. All of her products are beautiful and they are just, the energy is insane. I'm very picky about things that I use, especially if I'm not growing it myself or like mm -hmm. going and seeing the garden it's coming from. So. I I love their products. Herb stores, apothecaries, if you sometimes even like Latin and Asian markets, you can find different plants and things like that. So it's always a good place to check. But for Damiana, Kava, and Blue Lotus, definitely looking through Anamamundi. Or again, just if you have a local apothecary or yeah. something like that. I'll grab the, after this, I'll grab the link from you. So I'll just link it for anyone yeah. because I know I'm going to want to definitely check it out and see about combining, like you're saying. Based on the intention that you're setting for that, is that how you kind of decide what you're combining with your psilocybin? Like, is there, are, like, do, do Dominia versus Blue Lotus, like, do they relate to any particular properties or are they all kind of doing around the same thing and it's just more of you kind of mixing it up or you know some it's like this is more for the heart space this is more for the psychic sites this is more for blank 
Yeah. So they, everything I use tends to be very complimentary, like trying to target similar things. And like I was mentioning before, a lot of them, the way that they might target a spiritual focus or issue or whatever mm-hmm. really correlates with like what they do in the physical body as well. Got it. So like two, I guess two blends that I use most frequently, one would be more tied to those kind of like visionary herbs. And I call it a ceremony blend. If I want to go really deep for a trip or, you know, whatever, I will use like a base of lavender and passion flower and the blue lotus, kava, maybe some poppy, whatever. And the idea is to, on a physical level, to be able to promote that relaxation, disperse a lot of that anxiety, help soothe, you know, nerves and tension in the body and to really just calm everything down. Mm-hmm. And then spiritually, I'm also looking for, again, that enhanced vision, being able to truly see through the veil, get some of those like core and deep learnings and just help facilitate like better communication on that level. Mm-hmm. And then with something like I, I make like a heart and womb blend that's focused on physically treating heart space and the womb in terms of like menstrual issues, conditions like PMDD or endometriosis, but then also kind of tying into some of that emotion that we hold in the heart space and womb trauma. We carry a lot of trauma in this area, men and women. And so I'll use like rose and evening primrose and some red clover and maybe some valerian and some like mugwort and just things that I know treat and help with some of the like physical ailments, but also really help to nourish and comfort and provide a lot of like support and just I like a really gentle approach to healing trauma in those spaces. I think we have to be really tender because it can be hard and it's very emotional. And as you're kind of digging up some of those things, that in itself is already an experience. So you want something that can kind of like give you a hug. Yeah, absolutely. So with with both of those, it really is like, okay, what is the intention? What are we trying to heal? And then how do we do that on a physical plane and a spiritual and emotional plane? I just want to like literally fly over and do a magical ceremony with you. That sounds amazing. I've never heard anybody talk about like the combinations and things, but it's of course, like it makes sense. You have such a mastery with herbs and plants and how to use them. And I love the idea of the softening and creating comfort during some of those experiences. Cause you're right. Psilocybin psilocybin all the way up to ayahuasca could all be yeah it could be challenging and emotional and so anyways that we can speaking of mdma that's actually why that they're using it in kind of kicking it back to before this is why they're using it actually in therapy like talk therapy now because Mm -hmm. of the kind of the same thing that you're talking about with like the different herbs it's that lowering of that wall where there needs to be such a tenderness to get to getting into the the thing that we built the wall around right the trauma whatever it was and it's cool that you're doing that obviously in a different way with your own ceremonies and herbs super cool 
So can you talk to us a little bit? So you just randomly fell into growing mushrooms. Yes. And now, because I've talked to you, you're crushing your mushroom growing. Of course you are. Can you talk to us just about how has that been for you? Was it difficult? Are there any things to watch out for those that are interested in growing? And yes, for those listening, you can grow your own mushrooms, of course, for research purposes only, but uh, you can grow them. And so I'd love to hear what the process has been for you. Tell us about your indoor and your outdoor. Yeah, this is going to probably irritate anyone listening who's like a serious mycologist because that is not what I am. I'm a medicine woman. I am someone who just like works with the earth. This is, it is not a precise science on my end, but for people listening, it's very, very easy to come across these supplies for growing mushrooms. So I started with Midwest Grow Kits. They are excellent company. I've used their materials a lot. Highly recommend. It's one of the first places that I would suggest if someone reaches out. High Desert Spores is another great supplier and they have everything like each individual item that you would need in order to grow to complete grow kits that there you go. Like all of the supplies come to you in a box and they have you know, a PDF guide or instructions or whatever. And it's step-by-step, step, which is amazing. Oh, and there's nothing perfect. wrong. Like nothing wrong with starting from a kit. I started from like a grow kit at first. Cause I was like, if this is going to require like extra lights and like these big tanks and all this other stuff that people use, like I'm not interested, but I saw the grow kit and it was some jars and some vermiculite and I was like okay yeah this this is doable yeah. like I had the extra money it was not expensive it was a risk that I was like if it doesn't work out then it just wasn't meant to be but like if it does amazing cool. yeah so I started with a kit and I have like a a small extra bathroom that I was like this is just where I'm going to set up shop and try this out and I will say for people new to growing, the biggest thing that is stressed and truly is the most important is really just like sanitation, which should be easy for everyone right now. But yeah, just making sure that your space is clean and disinfected because the risk of contamination with fungi, with bacteria is so high and that can you know throw off an entire batch so you definitely don't want to like skimp on your cleaning but what about in the air because i've been i've been wanting to grow mushrooms too and i you know i live in a little apartment that there's not a lot of air i guess like there's my 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 air conditioner but there's not like a big one yeah. actually open and i always think like is it just like the the surfaces like is it like I don't know. Like I'm, I just, is it just like my hands are clean? The surfaces are clean, like the best that I can do. And like, that's all you need to worry about. Yeah. So again, mine is not a precise science. So don't quote me. Okay. But like, hold me through this. Air definitely plays a big role. Like having pets adds an extra layer of difficulty that you have to manage, but yep. being sure to like have your surfaces clean. Yes. Like hands are clean. If you can use gloves, perfect mm -hmm. um turn your ac off so that you have still air so there's not anything kind of like circulating yeah. and okay blowing around more than there has to be that 
really helps during when you are injecting your spores into the medium so that they can start growing. Like that is when you want to make sure like everything's wiped down, everything's clean. Try to like minimize exposure to anything. That's why they say if you can work in kind of like a closed off room, that's preferred. And then it's really a waiting game. Like after you inject your spores, you're waiting for a while until the mycelium starts to colonize, which is when you get that like white webbing that you see because that's like the foundation of the mushrooms. Once it's fully colonized, the mycelium has its own immune system. So you can be a little bit less precise. Like you still want to make sure like hands are clean, surfaces are clean or whatever, but you don't have to be like, oh my God, I have to hold my breath because I don't even want to breathe in this room in case, Got you it. know, back. Okay. Okay. Like, okay. Yeah. 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 So I, I'm not perfect. You know, I definitely do like a Lysol spray, whatever, but I am. Okay. A Lysol spray. The, okay. Good. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Let me check. If you watch the video of someone else doing it, you'd be like, that person has a hazmat suit on. And that's not, you even, know, that's not a, that's not a reality. It's actually better for me to hear from someone like you. That's like, look, like yeah. do your best. But like, that, that's such a barrier to entry. If I have to have a hazmat suit, there's no chance I'm growing mushrooms then. <laughs> yeah. No, it is not. It does not have to be that involved. Like if you're someone and you're going to want to be like, cranking out a mushroom factory sure 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 set it up but for me I found that it it also just fits better with my style and my approach to things in general Mm -hmm. I'm like how can I mimic the natural conditions as much as possible like this is a spirit this is a sentient being it's not just sterilized I'm injecting spores into this jar and I've got a timer set for you know, whatever. Like I try to create a, a relationship. Yeah, communication. Yeah. Like, what do you need? Do we have everything? Have you had a batch uh, go bad? So I, on two instances, I have, and actually, it's really interesting speaking to the idea of like having a relationship with the mushrooms and then you know having a spirit. I was getting like very involved in medicine making, which. I love doing. I primarily serve women. I love creating things that can help people with some of those, you know, heart and womb problems or just anxiety and like dealing with life, whatever. And I knew that the medicine would allow me to create when it was needed. I knew that it would send me the people that needed to be healed. And I just trusted that, like, if you're allowing me to have the honor of like hosting you as you grow in this space, Mm -hmm. then I'm going to honor that. And like, I'll just follow your lead. And at one point I provided medicine to a bunch of people. It was really great. And then because psychedelics are such a hot topic right now and everyone's looking for them, it was almost as if this like opportunity was presenting itself to me to be like, let's go big on this. Like, let's, just sell some fucking mushrooms and this can help you with some more financial stability and blah 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 whatever and my next round of mushrooms did nothing wow nothing if if that is not spirit talking to you loud and clear yes it was so it was just so abrupt and like it could not have been more clear for me and I was like 
heard, received, like, I'll do what you need to do. And my next batch, like only like, I don't know, four mushrooms were or something. And I, I took those mushrooms and I actually had a wild fucking trip that was very needed. But it was, yeah, it was just so evident to me because it wasn't anything about the environment. Nothing was different about the approach. It was the energy had changed. And so they were like, yeah, this is not what we're for. So. Wow. That's. Yeah fascinating it makes me it makes me want to like again like with the mushrooms and things that because I really do believe in so much in the communication of like what do you need and listening and building that and what a wild illustration of that for someone who's been growing and just yeah when it's just suddenly tied to like yeah make some easy money right now like this and that it's like yeah you know, it, it, could, it could have been protecting you. It could have been a, just a whole bunch of different things. I, it's just like, this is for your journey and your healing and, you know, who knows, your friend or whatever, but like not for the quote unquote opportunity, like you were saying. I think that's a really big part of it. And that's just been coming up for me for the last little while as I've continued to connect with people in the space is for those of us who who do truly honor and respect and appreciate the medicine that you know, while this crazy commodification of psychedelics and the boom of psychedelic stocks and investments and people are trying to figure out how can you isolate this and let's make it something that you can get from Walmart and whatever we've seen, what happened in the cannabis industry. Mm -hmm. My worry is that exactly that will happen with psychedelics and we're already starting to see some of it. And so what a lot of us kind of on the ground as activists have been talking about is how do we continue to maintain access for people and how do we continue to preserve the integrity of the medicine? And so for me, that looks like if anyone reaches out for resources, I'm going to send them like, I have no problem with that. It's not a competition. Everyone should grow their own mushrooms. everyone should be able to source medicine so if I can connect someone to a grower that I know is incredible I'm going to do that if I can send someone resources on like where do you get spores from like where can I get the growing supplies what happens if something gets contaminated like I'm giving out all the information because it's not mine yeah and clearly that's what the medicine wants is it wants to heal people and so if that means providing the education like that's what we're gonna do I wow that is so beautifully said and I'm so glad that you and others are also kind of on that mission of education and you know for me like a a perfect world of psychedelics is kind of all of the above it's like there should be grow laws in place look I'm actually just I'm extremely liberal with psychedelics I don't I yeah. think they should just be legal. Like, I don't think it's anybody's yeah. business if I take psychedelics, right? Like, especially like something that grows in the grounds. But aside from my extreme liberal opinion on this, like that we're adults and we should be able to decide what we put in our body. I think that as long as there is, like you were saying, access and different ways of using mushrooms, whether it's growing your own and not and not taking that away from people to be able to grow mushrooms, right? 
or the ceremonial aspect of mushrooms, right? If you want to be in a ceremony with someone and you want it to be more of a spiritual experience that is with, you know, a shaman or something and you want that type of experience, or if you want to go to psychedelic therapist that has little microdoses in a pill capsule that they know is tested and knows, you know, like I'm, I'm all for, like you're saying, whatever route you need to heal yourself best. That's yeah. not to say that the psychedelic companies that are doing things great. There's a lot of people out there that will only want to know Absolutely. that it's tested and proven and great. Let them have it. You know, like yeah. that's, that's great. I think for people like us, like, that um are more connected to like the the mushroom and like wanting to have more of like that kind of deeper relationship with it not that you can't the other way it's just a little bit more you know, manufactured right like as opposed to working with the actual fruiting body and building relationship with growing so yeah i think for me it's just got to come down to like all of the above you know my final question for you because you grow your own mushrooms is have you ever had a fresh psilocybin mushroom Yes, I have had fresh ones quite a few times. Can you tell me about um, it? Is yeah, it different? So the only, there's definitely a difference. The only thing I will say is that I have not done a macro dose trip with fresh mushrooms. Okay. I've only done up to maybe like two grams fresh. Okay. So because Which is I probably them, less though, right? In psilocybin, because if it's two grams fresh, we're probably talking like, about what's the conversion gram dry yeah, yeah yeah and that's so with my fresh ones because they're in my garden which going back to like what happens if you experience contamination um i tell everyone especially if you're using substrate jars don't toss them if you notice contamination uh separate them put them somewhere else but continue to let them colonize whatever I have taken all of my contaminated jars and I put them in a mushroom patch in my garden and they grow like no one's business. Really? I, so yeah. outside, outside. Yep. I separate okay. them. I put them outside. You could like create a little tub of something if you wanted, but I just started with like cardboard and recyclable or like decompostable um, materials and like layered those added my colonized substrate on top of that like added some water covered with my mulch it's blended into you know like I said my flower beds and they grow from there so it's really exciting I get to like go out every morning and I'll be watering plants and just kind of like pull the bushes back and peek and see like if any mushrooms popped up and then I just pick them and bring them inside so never throw away contaminated jars <laughs> Well, but I mean, obviously, if you have a garden, because because yeah. they wouldn't work inside, right? Once it's contaminated inside, it wouldn't work, or would it? Um, I think you could do it. I would be interested in trying it. I think the bigger thing would just be worrying about, like, they'll grow on their own if you created, like, another tub or something. My worry would be about any of that bacteria or those particles, like, getting in the air and then you know they're microscopic you can't see anything and then maybe because it's in the house like I'm opening up the other tank and so I'd be worried about cross-contamination indoors yeah Yeah. but outdoors I just let nature go for it it's crazy because nature obviously fixes itself it just goes ahead and decontaminates it so suddenly what was contaminated inside through this it's just like 
yeah, no, we got this. This is us. Like nature is just like, yeah, I know how to oxidize the air or whatever it needs to do to yeah, just sell, like, force correct it. There, but it was um I was reading about how to, you know, make a mushroom patch outside and one of the blog posts or articles or something that I was reading was talking about how you get to really kind of watch an ecosystem unfold. And that is it's such a perfect example of just like, again, this connection and the intersectionality of everything. Like I set up everything outside and then I noticed like where are all these bugs coming from? Like all of the garden pests, you know, are coming out and they're moving over things and I'm seeing slugs. And then like, you see the little fungi gnats and I'm like, this is dirty. What is happening? Wow. <laughs> and then because of the presence of, you know, the mycelium and like fungi and whatever, something is attracting the bugs and then that's attracting the bigger bugs that eat those. And then I'm noticing that like that has an impact on like the plants that are growing, like everything just all of a sudden like comes together and you're, it's fascinating. Wow. And so have you noticed that your other plants are now benefiting from more activity or is it, (laughs) or is it worse in some cases? Is Is it too much activity? It's actually, you know what? I think it's been pretty good because I'm trying to think like, I haven't really noticed as much like damage to my flowers like to the foliage and the leaves and things because of like your typical pests um I grow a lot of milkweed for monarch butterflies and I had the most caterpillars and like butterflies out this year that I've seen in the three years that I've had that garden so that was really cool I was gonna say because mycelium or mycelium I always I don't know how I'm gonna say it both ways uh tomato tomato But they, because I know that they are kind of that underground internet, right? Like that they do that. Like, I wonder if they are going to, how long have you been growing them out there? Um, Less than a year, maybe yeah, like. So I wonder if they're like planting their, their under, you know, under soil network where they're going to start communicating yeah. to all the plants in your garden. In the yeah, way that mushrooms so, do. It's really interesting. I was worried because there was such a heavy like insect presence as they as everything was kind of getting started. And I was like, oh, what does this mean, you know, for the herbs and the flowers and stuff? And like haven't really noticed a lot of damage. Like I said, my milkweed did great and I had so many butterflies and caterpillars coming out. So something, whatever system it's helping to kind of like foster and nurture is it's working. So wow. I'm here for you. Okay. Magical mushrooms. They're helping gardens. They're helping us find the one true source. I'm just, <laughs> they're helping us with healing. They are pretty, pretty remarkable. As was this conversation. Thank you so much. This was so incredibly informative. I'm sure everybody listening is thinking about how they can start growing their own mushrooms as well. I'm going to yes. definitely, I'd love to chat with you after and just get some of those links because I think this is the I think this is the the push that I needed to just it'd be fun to like have a little oh, project and um, have a whole show about psychedelics it'd be nice to feel like that. being in school doing experiments again yeah, like I used to it's love that so bit. genuinely fun you're gonna love it so I'm excited for you to try I, and I hope they I hope they grow but I won't I won't uh I won't be ma- I won't be upset if they don't <laughs> I'll work with them I'll be patient yeah <laughs> Thank you so much again. Where can people find you on socials if they want to check out kind of what you're doing? 
Yeah, um, I try not to be all over social. Instagram is kind of my main space. So it's just at Shantae Little. And I try to and provide a lot of resources there, information. If I come across something, you know, I'm always adding it either to my links or just trying to promote other people that are in the space that I know are doing great things. And yeah, trying to continue building out that network. I love it. Thank you so much again. I'll make sure I link it for everyone to check you out. And she is absolutely right. Her page is full of just helpful links and things that are so important for this space. There's so much great information. And thank you for adding to it today. I really appreciate yeah, thank it. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. Of course. And for everyone, as always, trip on this.